Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show. Boy, we haven't done a show in a while. Um, I My excuse is COVID. My excuse is the swimming pool. Um, boy, I don't know. Liz, let's let's drum up some great excuses for <laughs> for why we haven't done a radio show yet with you. But um, I, I love our guest today. We have Liz Bruner with us now. You guys, I she was the, uh, there. I'm tongue tied already, Liz, because you're so cool. She was a newscaster anchoring the news in the number one rated spot there in in Boston for a pretty darn long time. And so I feel pretty privileged because I love my news anchors. I'm like, anytime I get a chance to talk to a news anchor, I think I'm kind of cool and special. (laughs) It's just a personal (laughs) thing. But you know what I love about news anchors? And here's what we're going to learn about today. News anchors articulate. They know how to string words together to make magic happen. And it's just so... It's delightful. And Liz um, has her own communications company called Bruna Communications. She also is the author of Dare to Own You, Taking Your Authenticity and Dreams into Your Next Chapter. She's also won Emmy Awards for her journalism. She was there for like 28 years or more. And let's just give her a big best ever you. Welcome, Liz. I wish I had an applause machine, but you just get me. Yay! I get you, and that is more than enough, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me today. I am delighted to reconnect with you. Elizabeth was on my show, and uh, we got to kind of know one another back then, and now here we are once again today, so I'm delighted. Thanks so much for having me, Elizabeth. Thank you. You know, we have questions right off the bat for you, and I'm just going to go there because people want to know, what's that like? to leave a job of 30 years and just, you know, you did a, you did, you did grace, you know, like look up the word grace and you did grace. Um, What's that like (laughs) to leave that career and go gracefully into the next thing? Talk about a change. Oh my goodness. It's terrifying. Let's just be honest. It's terrifying. (laughs) I felt like I was jumping off of a cliff and hoping there would be a parachute. At least when I went skydiving once before there was a parachute But when you launch your own business, it's terrifying, especially for me. I never, ever wanted to own my own business, Elizabeth. But I had kind of narrowed it down to a couple of lanes that I could go down once I decided that, you know, all right, let's leave television. What was I going to do? And one of the lanes was I could be some communications expert for a corporation. I had no idea who. I could maybe be an executive director for a nonprofit. I've always been involved in charitable organizations, but yet again, I'd never done that either. And one of my mentors said to me, Liz, you're well-known, you're well-respected, you have credibility. That is value. Why would you give that value to somebody else? launch your business. If in six months or nine months you don't like it, you don't have any clients, you can always go do something else. And Elizabeth, in that moment of time, a kaleidoscope went click. Suddenly everything made sense and I made the decision that day to launch my business and I haven't looked back since then. 
I love it. Yes, it's super scary though. And you know, I, I wanna I wanna go there with you for a minute because a lot of people are in this mode right now. I, I when I'm interviewed on podcasts, they're asking me how to help people navigate these changes and so forth. And it's like, you know, it's it's tricky, especially if you are going from, you know, having a, a stable income to like, well, I might get a client, I don't know, you know, kind of mode. <laughs> and um I what I wanna what I wanna know is when you made that decision did the, I have a question for you. Did the decision get made for you or did you make the decision? And did you, you know, were you, just tell me the exit from TV because that you're, I mean, you're, I'm just going to say this. If anybody hasn't seen Liz, Liz is absolutely stunning. Um, I love your pictures. I love your vibe. I love your smile. I love the way you interview people, speak, talk. I'm, I'm a fan. And, um, did you just decide you didn't want to do news anymore or how does that go? Well, you know, first of all, I was in the business for 28 years. <laughs> That's know, a yeah. really, really long, long time. time. And, you know, the industry was changing dramatically. For example, when I first started, a lot of the stories were five, six minutes long. Well, when I left, stories were about a minute, 10 seconds long. And it's very hard to have in-depth conversations with people knowing you're going to have to cut that content down to those really short, 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 short stories. And a lot of the stories that I did, Elizabeth, required a tremendous amount of time because they were often exclusive stories. And they took time not only to get those stories, but then to work on them and really finesse them and create the right content, create the right questions that you wanted to ask. It took me four years to get my interview with President Barack Obama. But boy, was I going to make the most of that opportunity once I got it. <laughs> so the, the, you know, the industry was just changing. And the other piece of the industry that I think a lot of people will recognize, if you watch news at all, is that the men were staying in the industry. They were getting yeah. older, and the women who were sitting next to them were getting younger. And I was in my mid-50s at the time, and I thought to myself, okay, you know, I still have enough energy. What else could I possibly do? And when you feel like in your soul that there's something else more that you should be doing, I think you need to listen to that whisper. I had no plans to start my own business. And if you had said to me, Elizabeth, 10 years ago, Liz, you're going to have your own business, I would have said, you're crazy. I've no, there's no, that's not anything I'm going to do. So the decision to, to, you know, to launch my business, while scary, I truly felt like it was the right thing to do. And I remember there was one night where I was quietly cleaning out my office. Nobody, it was not public knowledge yet that, that I was going to be leaving the station, but I was you know, secretly cleaning out my office, cleaning off the shelves. And one day <laughs> I found a videotape from a woman who, had been, who was currently at our station. She had sent me that videotape when she was still at a television station in Florida. And she was asking me for my feedback of her reel, a critique of her reel. What could she do? What did she need to be doing to get back to Boston, which is where she was from, and she wanted to work in this market? I had completely forgotten that I even had that videotape, that, that reel. And when I pulled it out, and I still had next to that tape my, my two- or three-page single-spaced critique of what I thought she was doing well and what I thought she could improve upon and what she needed to do to get to this market, because Boston was the, the sixth market or the fifth market at the time, the fact that I even had that letter to her still, when I opened it up and read it, I thought, I'm doing the right 
thing. This is what I have been doing for years, whether it's somebody who wanted to get into this market, whether it was high school students, college students, whether it was interns who were asking me for advice, I had already been doing this kind of work. It was a real problem. Yeah. I, I love that because there's a couple things there too. It's women helping other women, you know, women helping other people instead of, you know, the claws coming out, you know, the, the love came out. And I, oh, I, I just, that too. <laughs> I, I, well, whatever, you know, had that too. <laughs> we all had that in our, and you know, you try to, you try to not do that, but it, it, I don't know why we do that to each other. You know, there's plenty of room for everybody, but I get it. Um, but I, but I love the fact that you had that moment and, you know, it's fueled you for today. I mean, you have this really cool podcast called live your best life with Liz Bruner. And I love what you've done with that. You've really, you've really taken, I love the fact that I got to be on it. Thank you. But you've really taken all of your skills, (laughs) so many of your skills and, and combined them like this, this incredible you, um, showing up to do these fabulous interviews in just a format that you own. It's yours. I, like, yeah, who have you I interviewed love, on that? Yeah, I love doing my podcast. And <laughs> the, the name of the show, as you said, is Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. And really, the whole premise of the show is about people who have created next chapters for themselves, people who have risen above challenging, tough times, how they've transformed their lives in some way. Because I truly believe that when people listen to stories like those of my guests, such as you, then they can say to themselves, you know what, if they did it, maybe I can too. Maybe I can make a change in my life. And you're all about change, which I love. But maybe I can make a change in my life. Maybe I can create a next chapter. Maybe I can give myself permission to grow and to learn and to make changes in my life. And sometimes change is very scary because we're so set in our ways. This is what we know. And to do something differently means we have to stretch ourselves and move out of our box. And so the fact that I get to interview amazing people, Robin Roberts of Good Morning America, Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul series. In fact, I'm going to be interviewing his co-creator, Mark Hansen, and his lovely wife, Crystal, coming up in a couple of weeks, and that show's going to be airing. And Trent Shelton, John Dorenboss, and I'm so proud to say, if I may brag just a little bit, Elizabeth, Please. my show just won uh, yeah. six, no, eight, eight communi- six communicator awards. And I'm so proud of that because I won three of them for host and three of them for the shows that I did. And I'm just really proud of that. I've always loved interviewing people. And so this gives me the opportunity to do that. And you know what the blessing is? I don't have anybody telling me what I have to ask. I don't have to have anybody telling me how long it's going to be. I can talk for what I want. And it's so wonderful. Yeah, that's got to be freeing because I, you know, I'm, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm an old um, journalist as, you know, I do an know old that. journalism I do major. Know that yeah. Our time together. I, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I worked in Iowa, I worked in Illinois, I worked in Maine, at WGME, and it was too, um, a little bit too bossy with the stories. Like you got to go do this, and I'm like, oh, I'm not interested in that. How am I going to pull that off? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And and the other sure. thing it was for me was negative. I'm like, oh, I am so positive. Can I just be the person who does, you know, like look at everybody's birthdays and look at all these achievements and you know the happy stuff. Right. And there was no market for me. And it really frustrated me. I, I kept saying, I need my own morning show or I need my own something where it's positive, <laughs> positive, positive. And they're like, well, that's not even going to work because even on a morning show, we're going to put the news on. I'm like, oh. oh. Right. So right. how did you 
how, okay. So when I'm, the reason why I said that is not about me. It's more about you because to be in that setting all the time uh, is that to some extent, and you are super positive. My, my sense of well, you is very smart, sharp, and very positive. How did you deal with you. that? And this is a question that we've had multiple times from the audience as well. How do you deal with all the negative news? Um, that, well, first I had of that all, question about, I always say, yeah. No, I'm a go human ahead. being first. I'm a human being first. So when we have to talk about bad news, traumatic situations, negative things going on, yes, I am a human being first, so I feel those things. And it is hard to deliver that kind of content. And one of the best compliments I could have ever possibly have gotten from a a viewer said to me, I know you have to deliver bad news, but somehow coming from you, it makes me feel like everything is going to be okay. And I'm I'm so grateful for that that. because what I think that, that says is what you were talking about. I hope that the energy that I feel within my being is able to radiate out into the world and it's positive, even if there are tough things going on. And so, yes, it was very hard. Now, it wasn't all 100% negative or 100% bad news, mm-hmm. and I took great delight and joy in the times that I was able to share really wonderful stories, and that's what I liked to do. I wanted those stories that were about transformation. I did double hand transplants, face plant stories, um, uh, face transplant stories. You know, when I got to do those kinds of uplifting stories, as hard as they were to share, they were amazing. Or the huge big stories that I covered, whether it was 9-11 or the Boston Marathon bombing. I mean, there's so many stories that I was privileged to be a part of and in some way, shape, or form, hopefully help the world, the Boston community, the New England community, see that, okay, yeah, bad stuff was happening, but we're going to figure out how to be okay through all of this. That's Mm -hmm. what I hope I was able to share with people. We just got another question in for you. Liz, do you miss it? (laughs) It's so funny. Somebody just asked me that the other day. I do not miss being in news. I do not miss the fact that when I got into the industry, everything was very crystal clear. It was black. It was white. It was facts. And the audience was allowed to make their own opinion and decision based on the facts. I feel like everything's very gray today. And so I'm very glad not to be a part of that anymore. And what's expected of the TV news journalists in particular is so much. Now, I have an opportunity because I do a lot of keynote speaking because of my podcast, because I am also a workshop facilitator and presenter. I have a wonderful opportunity to be up in front of people and and hopefully help transform their lives in some way. It's a different way. I'm still using my voice. But it's just, in a, it's just a different audience, and it's not on television per se, but I'm up in, I'm up in front of a group of people often. Now, the other per, that same person said, would I ever go back to TV? I said, you never say never, but I would not do news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's well put. Um, tell, tell us – that was a good um. um – tell us about Bruner Communications and BrunerAcademy.com. Thank you for asking. Well, Bruner Communications is my main business, 
And it really is about helping people with public speaking, presentation skills, storytelling, presence, leadership, their brand, networking, and oh yes, creating next chapters for themselves. And I work with people one-on-one. I am also hired often by clients corporations to do to lead workshops and whether it's in media training whether it's in leadership whether it's in presence or public speaking skills storytelling i really call myself a concierge service so that i can custom and create what the clients need and what they're looking for and i love both sides of that coin of whether it's one-on-one or working in workshops now, BrunerAcademy.com is my online learning platform, and we have a number of courses on there that are related to public speaking, particularly when, when COVID hit. People needed to learn how to do virtual well. People still are not doing it well, but they're getting better at it. <laughs> and then yeah. I have on there my flagship public speaking course, which is called How to Be a Rockstar Public Speaker. And the course is self-paced. It's six modules, 19 different topics. But what's wonderful about that course is you can just do the course if you want alone, or you can do the VIP version, which offers you one-on-one coaching following concluding the course. And it's everything you need to know about how to be a great public speaker, whether it's you have to give a speech, whether you have to make a pitch to a client, whether you have to make a presentation, or hey, maybe you have to give a wedding toast. It's all included. And so I'm really excited about that course. And then when the book launched, when my book Dare to Own You launched in November of 2021, we added four new courses, which we call the Dare Collection. And those courses are very simple, easy courses, but they make you think. They do make you think. One of them is called Dare to Go for Your Goals. Another one is called Dare to Rise Above Tough Times. Dare to shift from procrastination to motivation. And finally, dare to find peace of mind. And that's a real easy mindfulness meditation course. Some people say, I can't do meditation. I don't know how to do it. Well, this will help you because I've struggled with it for years, but I have found it to be incredibly helpful and beneficial if you even do five minutes a day of just being still and quiet. And I give all kinds of exercises. So that's BrunerAcademy.com. Love it. And would you say for people that are trying to figure out how to be public speakers and the fear is there (laughs) because everybody fears public (laughs) speaking, right? (laughs) That it is comforting and at a level that could meet people in that introductory moment or is it advanced? It's both. It really is both. And I know that sounds strange that it would be both, but it it is because of the way that I have structured and built the course so that you can continue to grow with it. Because I dare say, even if you think you're an experienced public speaker, there is something even in, you know, module one that's going to say, wait a minute, am I doing this or am I not doing this? Maybe I need to get back to doing this. Oh, yes, I knew that, but I'm not doing it all the time. This is going to help me. The goal is always to move the dial. And you talk about people being afraid of public speaking. And there's research that suggests that three-quarters of the population has some fear or anxiety around public speaking and that people are more afraid of speaking in public than they are of heights, snakes, or even death. Now, that's a bit extreme, but I do think (laughs) it's true. And the the beauty of the course and the work that I do with Brunner Communications is to help people get over that hump a little bit. Public speaking is a learned skill. We're not born knowing how to do public speaking effectively. 
we are we learn how to be better public speakers. So no matter where you are on that learning curve, if you learn the best practices and the best techniques, then you can take yourself to the next level. One example I'll give you, a lot of people think that they're great public speakers because they come out and they're going to tell me what they're going to tell me and then they tell me and then they retell me what they've just told me. Now, I personally believe that that is very old school in today's world. Maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, that was great. It's not great today. And you have to think about the world we live in today. Everything is very quick. People's attention spans are short. You have to capture someone's attention. You have to communicate, connect, and engage immediately with your audience. That's what I have to do. I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah, no, and so, uh, you know, I've got a new slogan for you. Ready? If you're one of those people that would rather curl up with a venomous snake than public speak, Bruner Academy is for you. (laughs) BrunerAcademy.com. No, but you know, I I know I'm just joking around, but you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, you said snakes, and I'm like, well, let me think about that for a second. I heard snake, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty afraid of those, but I'm I'm one of those people who I don't really love to be up in front of a crowd and public speak. It is not my jam. And so I'm like, hmm, what kind of snake is that, Liz? <laughs> well, I don't know, but, I mean, truthfully, so many people are. Three-quarters yeah. of the population, both men and women. Huge. So that that's a huge portion of the pie. But yeah. you know what? You may never 100% not be afraid, but can you learn techniques, yeah. best practices, and tips to get you over the hump? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I think I think most people are afraid because they feel like the audience might know more than them. I, I know that's one of my things. Mm. Like, no, I just I know this topic really well. I've written two books on it, but somebody's going to challenge me. I feel it, and I just don't want you know that feeling of like, am I really the authority on this to be up in front of all of you to speak about this? And I, you know, well, there, I there have are two said, things that are going on with that. There are two things that are going on with that. One, yeah. if you're being asked, period, trust that you have enough are. to say that you are a subject matter expert. And that comes with trust and confidence. Number two, I'll use Liz's four C's. Number one is confidence. Number two is knowing your content. Number three is clarity of your content. Can everyone understand what you're saying? And number four is delivering in a conversational way. Are you telling the right stories? Are you putting your, your remarks together in a storytelling way that just hooks people from the moment you begin? So it's all of those things combined. Yeah, I, I, I love that because that really puts people at ease with with this. And I know a lot of people are turning, you know, are tuning into us today to hear about your communication school and your book and so forth. So I find that very helpful. Will you repeat those four C's one more time? Absolutely. Number one is confidence, confidence in yourself. Number two is also confidence in your content, knowing your content well. Number three is clarity of your content. And what I mean by that is, can everyone understand what you're saying? I work with a lot of really smart people, and they, <laughs> they, they speak industry language, and they feel like they have to say, use big words and, and you know, sound yeah. important. Well, no, you don't have to prove your intelligence to me. Tell me the story. So yeah. can everyone understand what you're saying? And then you have to deliver it in a conversational way. You have to tell me the story. You know, I love what you just said. You don't have to prove your intelligence. I think that's what I always feel like. I think that's, you know what? I'm having a moment here because I think that's really what stops me from doing a lot of public speaking is feeling like Mm -hmm. I have to prove my intelligence and things like that. And it's like, 
you know, you know, I've got a story to share with you. It's a story about That's my right. dad's stroke and my food allergies and all these things. And I never claim to be smarter than anybody else. In fact, I feel like I learn more from other people than I will ever probably teach other people. I love that's, mm. that's one of the reasons why I love interacting with people. Yeah, I have things to teach and so forth, but I love hearing other people spin on things and take on mm-hmm. things. And I, I really feel like when you encounter other people, they have something to share with you. And if you stop, pause, listen, and close your mouth, <laughs> they'll share it. Exactly, exactly. You know, the premise of my book, Dare to Own You, was a quote from my grandmother, which is, no knowledge is ever wasted. No knowledge is ever wasted. No experience you have ever had is ever wasted. And whether it's, you know, your paper route or babysitting skills as a child or the first careers that you had or the conversations that you have with people, if you're willing to listen, those experiences, when you're learning all of that knowledge can be used to create your next chapter for you to learn, for you to grow, for you to own who you are and become your best authentic self. That's Mm. why it's so important. Beautiful. All right, we've got about 10 minutes left, Liz, and I'd love to shift this conversation to your book. And we have a mutual friend who I think wrote the foreword to your book. Tell us about yes. him. Uh, he's, he's pretty well, cool. I love him. Yes, <laughs> he is. Yes, he is. We're talking about the one and only Jack Canfield, and he is the co-creator of the number one New York Times bestselling book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, the whole series, plus his book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And he was a podcast guest on my show. Now, it took me a long time to get him. I, had, I persevered, and I kept working at it, <laughs> finding my way in. And once he and I did the show, of course, I, I was always known for doing my homework when I had my big interviews when I was on television. So that has not changed. It's just in my DNA. And I spend a great deal of time prepping for my interviews, reading people's books, you know, coming up with great questions and really listening when they answer. But Jack was so complimentary uh, at the end of our show when he said, this is one of the best interviews I have ever done. You did your homework and I appreciate it. Wow. That was such a wonderful moment. And then shortly thereafter, I also happened to interview Patty Aubrey, who is the president of his billion dollar publishing company. And she has an amazing story as well. And she said to me, you need to ask Jack to do the forward for your book. And I said, what? (laughs) I mean, talk about like swallowing going, really? She said, yes, ask him. I was like, okay. And keep in mind, Jack Canfield's principle number 17 of the success principles is the word ask. Ask. It's the word ask. So I thought, okay, and I bravely, Elizabeth, sent him an email and I said, would you consider writing the foreword to my book? And he, he wrote back and he said he would consider it. However, he would have to read it because he was not going to put his name on something. It was his reputation that was yep. at stake. And of, of course, I said, I, I would want you to read it. So I bravely sent him what's called the ARC, which is the advanced reader copy, which is not even 100% edited to perfection yet. <laughs> right. And I bravely sent it to him. And he read it and he wrote back and he said, congratulations on writing a great book. Here's your forward. <gasps> that yeah. was the most what a moment. 
day. What a moment. And I know you've had moments like that, too, when you had fantastic people endorsing your book and writing, you know, your forwards and things like that. So it's just, it's such a powerful moment. And the second powerful moment came when Forbes reviewed it and recommended it. And I loved how they described it. They called it a teaching memoir. I was calling it, yes, it's a personal memoir. Yes, it's a professional memoir. It's all of the above, but it's also a teaching memoir. And at the end of every chapter is a section called Time to Reflect. And they are poignant questions that I want people, if they're willing to be honest, authentic, and vulnerable, to ask of themselves. Because this is all about how can you become your best authentic self? How can you own who you are? How can you, once you own who you are, turn all of that into your dreams and making them reality into your next chapter? Mm. So it's all wrapped yeah. up in one. But that's how, that's how I got Jack Canfield, and I was so honored. Oh, my gosh, so honored. Yeah. And, I, you know, I kind of did that with you in LinkedIn. I'm like, I wonder if she's going to answer my email. I kind of had that I moment did. with you. I did. And you I, did. I was, I, was, I was so intrigued by you. I was like, I need to know this person on LinkedIn. Yeah, I, And here we I are today. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really cool. So I think our message here is make sure you ask. Even if you get that no, keep going until you get the yes you're looking for. Uh, it's, it's so powerful. People sometimes shut down with those no's. And I don't love that. Well, of course, a lot of people do. It's like, oh, well, I guess I've been told no. And yeah. then you give up. You just have to find another way in if you can. Yeah. And if it's meant to be, it will be. And sometimes mm. that's really hard to trust the universe. But you, that, that doesn't mean that you just sit back and wait. You have to do your part. And the other thing that yeah. you have to do is you have to give yourself permission. You have mm. to give yourself permission to take yeah. that chance to ask. Big one. And to be your best authentic self. All right, I'm not done with you yet. Can you stay for like 10 more minutes? Can I keep you over? I can. Something yes, we can't do in the television industry. <laughs> we're going right. to keep you over. And, stay on with you. And we're not going to throw it as content over on the website to go look at. Uh, we're just going to keep the interview whole. Um, okay, okay, so I love your book. Okay, everybody, it's called Dare to Own You, Taking Your Authenticity and Dreams into Your Next Chapter. Please go buy her book. Give it a review on Amazon. You can buy her book wherever books are sold. If you feel like you don't want to go to Amazon, but you want to uh, support an independent bookstore, do that. Uh, You can just take the title right in and have them order it even. So there's all sorts of ways to get Liz's book. Um, I love Amazon and Barnes & Noble myself, but you guys do you and do whatever uh, whatever spots you want to order her book. Next thing, Liz, is can I take yes. you back in time to kindergarten, Liz? Because I really sure. want to go there. I want to know preschool, Liz. Who <laughs> Were you always the one with the microphone, like interviewing your you know, fellow students? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. In fact, when you said kindergarten, what flashed across my brain was a photograph I have of me as a kindergartner and I am sitting with a paintbrush painting something. I don't know what it was. My family was very musical, and so I never really thought about television at all. It was always music, was always singing, was always performing. So, yes, I guess a microphone from that standpoint, although it was just up in the church choir and things like that. So I didn't have a microphone per se. 
But that was the direction I went into. I am a classically trained singer. I have a degree in music, and I taught high school choral music for a number of years. And I also sang semi-professionally touring Europe, in fact, singing for Pope John Paul II in Vatican Square. That was quite a moment. So that's my initial career path was music. And how did that change into what you did and what you're doing now what what's that moment Where did <laughs> well it's it's funny i think i'm in my fourth chapter right now of careers because i started Perfect. off as a, a high school music teacher but a, i felt like after a couple of years there was something more i was supposed to do i i couldn't explain it it was just this organic feeling that i felt i didn't know what i was going to do so i left not knowing what i would do i quit but I worked in retail because you have to pay the bills. And I started, you know, researching what I was going to do. And I, I thought maybe I'd be an architect or an interior designer, or maybe I would become a psychologist. Or maybe, maybe TV. I had done one television commercial when I was Miss Illinois in the Miss America Scholarship pageant. It was for the Pontiac Grand Prix. <laughs> and I, don't, I remember ever seeing the commercials. However, it sort of piqued something in my brain. And I was reading a book at the time called Who's Hiring Who by Richard Lathrop. He talked about informational interviews. Elizabeth, I had never heard of such a thing. I didn't even know what it was. But what it did give me the idea of doing was to reach out to two television stations in the cities that I was living in. I was living in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois at the time, which I'm sure you know where that is. I do. Illinois roots. And so I reached out to the NBC affiliate and also the CBS affiliate and basically was asking the question of, do, is there a, a position possibly for me? Do I need to go back to school? Do I need to get another degree? I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought it might be something in public relations. Did that even exist? Reader's Digest version. After about six months of conversation with the CBS affiliate, a position was literally created for me as the community relations liaison. <laughs> that was my title. <laughs> and they, they wanted me to make a decision of what public service announcements would go on the air. They wanted me, then eventually they wanted me to write some of the public service announcements. I didn't know what I was doing. But again, my philosophy has been back then and still is today. Just because I've never done something doesn't mean I can't. I just have to try. Mm -hmm. And so everything they asked me to do from writing the announcements to then, oh, let we want you to go into the sound booth and record them. Well, now we want to see your face and have you record them. And now we want you to do your own little short morning talk show. And now we want you to do the weather. And I said yes to everything. I think we were probably the only television station in the country that had a three-women weather team. And I went to the University of Illinois and took some meteorology courses. I would watch the Weather Channel before I went in every day. <laughs> and I would yeah. read every piece of AP wire copy so I would be able to deliver the weather report. But that was some of the best training ground, Elizabeth, that I could have yeah. possibly had for live TV because there's no script. And so yeah. I was at that first station for three years, and then I got called to Tampa to another CBS affiliate. And the station in Champaign-Urbana was the 75th market. I went to Tampa, which was the 13th largest market, and I came in as the director of community relations. And I was the only female in upper management, and talk about yeah. having to push through the grass, glass ceiling at that time. And then within a very short period of time, 
they said they wanted me to be the morning news anchor. And, oh, by the way, we're still going to have you do your manager's job. Yeah, the job so now too. I'm working 80 hours a week. Okay, I'm getting yeah. up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm at oh. work at 3. I'm on the air at 5. And I did this for four of the five years that I was there. Wow. And finally I said I can't do the schedule anymore. And so I took myself off the air. And I said, if God wanted me back on the air, it would happen. And it did about a year later when I got the call to come to Boston. And now Boston was, I think, the fifth largest market at the time. And so I was brought in to work on Chronicle, which was this amazing award-winning news magazine show. And I loved being on Chronicle. And within a year of being on Chronicle, suddenly, oh, yes, the news department wanted me to co-anchor the morning newscast. And, yes, you'll still do Chronicle. And I thought, okay, I've done two jobs at the same time before I can do this. Well, you know. After how many years of working 80 hours a week, I was like, I can't do this. But So I ended up just going straight into the news department, and I was at Channel 5 WCVB for 20 years. So all told, 28 years in the industry. And then I left and launched my business, which will be nine years old this October 2022. How did that happen? I have no idea. (laughs) I see how it happened, though. I I can see how it happens because I think that you've got that, first of all, you're tenacious, but also brilliant nation is just you know gonna oh, gonna you. land you in place after place and help you be successful so i i love it and i love here thank you for sharing that all with us because i i i've heard some of it but I, you you added mm-hmm. things to it that i hadn't heard before so i i appreciate that because i did i did well, my you know i want to make one more point though if i may and which is, yeah. i want to make one more point i mean the way that i may have just described it sounds like it was all rosy and bam oh, things well. just fell into place and voila da 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 and everything was hunky dory and rosy no yeah i I've got had a point. many obstacles yeah. that i had to overcome and i talk a lot about them in the book and so it it was not easy there were obstacles to overcome there were many lessons that i learned along the way And I firmly believe it's one of the reasons why I felt so compelled to write this book was I felt like there was a message that I wanted to share with people that no knowledge is ever wasted. You just have to give yourself permission. You have to be willing to take those chances. You have to be willing to persevere. And if you do, you can move forward with your life. It's not always going to be easy and it's going to be scary, but you know what? We're the writers, producers, directors of our own lives. It's up to us. Success is not an accident. It's not an accident. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And yeah, as you were talking, I wrote down, what are the obstacles? Because this sounds really like it was so smooth and, and we all know that life is not, you know, often an upward trajectory. You know, there's a lot of bumps But life setbacks. is not smooth for anybody. Life no. is not smooth for anybody. We all have challenges. That's life. And yeah. one of my mom's favorite quotes that I love to share with people is this. The goal of living is to be able to absorb all of the pain of life and lose none of the joy. We mm-hmm. all have challenges. We all have obstacles that we have to get through, some more than others. But we all have that, and it's, it's up to us to rise above that and be resilient and find the joy and not lose those moments of joy. Even if it's just a moment, hold on to that. Yeah. Let's talk about your mom for a minute before we go, because you mm. brought her up twice and you've quoted her twice. Who's mama? Tell me all about my her. My mom. Yes, my mom is 88 years old, mm. and I'm so blessed that she's still with us. She has been struggling recently, so prayers, please. I would appreciate them. But I dedicated the book to her because she truly is 
perhaps the wisest woman I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for all that I learned from her and all that I know she's learned from me, believe it or not. And in fact, she's read the book a couple of times now. And she says every time she reads it, she learns something more. But it really is her spirit and her unconditional love and support and wisdom that really guided me throughout my life and and as I wrote this book. And I learned some new things about her when I was writing this book, which were just so extraordinary. And I recently learned something else about my mom just in conversation. And I was like, Mom, where is this coming from? How did I not know this about you beforehand? It's because we were willing to listen and open up and be vulnerable and talk. So my mom's pretty special. She's a pretty special yeah. woman. What did she do for her career? If she if she had sometimes people didn't yes. have oh, she know, kid careers. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes, she was a medical, first she was a school social worker. She has her MSW, Master's in Social Work, and then she became a medical social worker. And in her retirement, she was a costume maker for a costume company that did musical shows. And now in her next chapter at the community that she lives in in California, which is called Pilgrim Place, and it's a, a retirement community for retired ministers and missionaries, of course, because my father was a minister, so she's there. My father is now deceased, but she does alterations for, for all these people, and she says, well, another person came to me because their their pants are now too long because they've shrunk, so I'm going to hem them for them. <laughs> you know, she feels like she's still being of service, and I keep bugging her, Mom, you need to charge more. She goes, no, 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 it's my it's my way of, of, you know, giving back and being of service, which, you know, of course, I love that about her. But I'm like, Mom, you can't do this all for free. So <laughs> we have many discussions and conversations about that as I'm a business owner now. I'm like, Mom, this is a business. <laughs> she says, no, 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 it's not. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a big fan of mom. My mom arrives tomorrow for two weeks, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, my, my mom's 76 and my brother gets here, too, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, oh, how lovely. How lovely. Shout out to all the moms out there. All right, one more thing before. Before we go, uh, would you please talk about Make-A-Wish and the role Uh, that that plays in your life? Thank you for asking. I have many charitable organizations that I have been involved with for many years, but Make-A-Wish is extremely important to me. I started doing many Make-A-Wish stories when I was uh, a television journalist and then little by little got involved in the organization where I was emceeing various events that they had. And then for the last, I think, 17 or 18 years, I have served as the the MC for our huge annual gala every year where we raise more than a million dollars. And on top of that, I was on the board of Make-A-Wish for two consecutive terms, and then I was forced Mm. to go off (laughs) because you can only do two terms. But I'm sure I'm going to be hearing from them in about a month or so because I can go back onto the board again, which I would be honored to do so. What I love about it is it really speaks to the work that I'm doing now. I mean, there's a real process of, of connecting the dots here, which is that I believe that I'm work I'm doing now is more of a transformational coach in some respects. Yes, people call me a communications expert, communications coach, motivational speaker, all of those things, but it's all about transformation, and that's what Make-A-Wish also does. It transforms these young people's lives. Now, are they all do they all survive? No, but you give them quality of life with these wishes, and I have, have had the pleasure of helping to create a few wishes, and one of them was for a young woman by the name of Isabel, who was a dancer and she couldn't go to the show dancing with the stars when she was ill because 
when her tickets became available, she was so sick she couldn't go. She was in the hospital. And I said, well, this is not acceptable. We have to find a way to do something. And so when she was better, I reached out to Tony Dovolani, who was one of the pro dancers on the show. And I had done stories with him, which was a whole other story to tell. But anyway, <laughs> he was amazing. And I reached out to him and said, can we do something? And so we created this wish for her where she was driven down to New York City from her Boston area home in a limousine. She met Tony. He worked with her and choreographed a routine. It was video tape she was in her costume and then we played it uh, at the gala and it was so special because oh, unfortunately she had passed away mm-hmm. shortly thereafter and I used to say you know what she's now dancing in the stars as opposed to dancing on the stars mm-hmm. and it was just such a you know to be able to have the privilege and the honor of meeting her and, and creating this wish with her, I mean, I just, it brings tears to my eyes because it was just so special. So I have a very, they're very close to my heart, and uh, I love working with Make-A-Wish in any way I can. Yeah, beautiful. All right. I love that story. I just goosebumps everywhere from that. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Is there anything else that we need to chat about before we go? I've kept you way over and I've had so much fun. Oh. Doing so. <laughs> Thank you for being well, on I, my I, show. First of all, I- I appreciate the interest in, in in me and my story and being on your show. It's just been a pleasure to get to know you. And I invite people to go to my website, lizbruner.com. And that's Bruner with two N's, L-I-Z-B-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. And you'll learn more there, but you'll also have an opportunity to find a link to get the book, whether it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the other platforms. And I, I hope people will get the book. And, of course, BrunerAcademy.com. And listen to the podcast. We're in 140 countries around the world. I think we have 32,000 downloads or something like that now so I'm very proud of all of that but I'm especially proud of this book I can't even believe that I have a book out it's surreal still to this day Mm -hmm. it's surreal and I'm I feel blessed that I I felt like I was compelled to write it and that it's out there and I hope it helps people in some way shape or form yeah, it's a great book, and I wish you all continued success in everything that you do. And it's just a, a joy and a delight to to hang around. So I hope we get to keep hanging around each other. And just a shout-out to everybody here in the Best Ever You Network. I love you guys. Um, you know, our show is all grassroots. There's no advertising, and I love the way that you embrace our guests. So we've got another one here. We have Liz Bruner to embrace. Uh, go buy her book, Dare to Own You, Taking Your Authenticity and Dreams into Your Next Chapter. And then also listen to her podcast, Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. And um, again, her website is lizbruner.com. There's also bruneracademy.com. And she's the CEO and founder of Bruner Communications. Uh, If you need to hire her to come to your office or if you need to hire her to give that wedding (laughs) post, (laughs) the, the, the range is wide, but she's a pro and a really trusted resource in this space and place. So Liz, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm so grateful. I'm thank I'm you, delighted you, and I'm so grateful. And you're doing such wonderful work in the world too. So it, it's, it's a blessing that we've connected and we have to make our chocolate chip cookies. I've not forgotten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got it. We have to get together to do that. We'll have a, I love chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I know you do. I'm on you're the expert. Right now. You're the queen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, everybody. We're ending on that chocolatey note. Everybody head to the pantry. <laughs> All right. Take care, Liz. Thank you so much again for being here. Take care, everybody. Have a great summer day. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave, be bold, be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com.
Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.